And now I will introduce today's special guest. Dwight Duncan is an experienced, respected, and accomplished politician, a combination that is not common in one who is nowhere near being eligible for seniors' discounts. Minister Duncan's steady hand at the tiller and the respect he has earned from colleagues on both sides of the legislature will serve him well as he guides the province through the global economic upheaval in his role as Minister of Finance for the province of Ontario. Being a finance minister can be a lonely job, but this minister is never alone. He is a team player and a team builder, a person who listens and a person who leads, a strong and effective advocate for the province and for his constituents alike. He is a proud lifelong resident of Windsor, and his riding, Windsor-Tecumseh, is in the heart of the most important trade corridor in North America. It's also one of the ridings in Canada that is particularly hard hit by the economic downturn, which is taking such a heavy toll on the automotive sector and manufacturing. The minister last spoke to a joint meeting of the Canadian and Empire Clubs last March, the day after he presented his 2008 budget. That seems a lot longer ago than 12 months, given all the turmoil in the world since then. When he joined us again at the Canadian Club a few months later, in October, he noted that the economic challenges facing Ontario, and indeed the world, are real and directly affecting our families and our businesses. That was certainly true in October, and it's just as true, perhaps even more so today. Deficits and falling revenues have become the new normal for provincial and national economies, including those once awash in surpluses. Even the most prudent governments and savvy investors are seeing a stunning reversal of fortune. Warren Buffett recently advised in his letter to shareholders that Berkshire Hathaway's 2008 net income was only $4.99 billion, down from $13.21 billion the year before. Automotive giant Ford, which probably has the strongest balance sheet of all the North American car companies, lost $14.6 billion U.S. last year, but its losses paled next to those of GM, which posted a whopping $31 billion loss. And then there's the $1.75 trillion deficit projected for the U.S. economy this year. For many of us, it's hard to picture just how many zeros that involves or how deep into the minus column that plunges this wounded economic superpower. All this puts sobering perspective around the prospect of a several billion dollar deficit in Ontario. Over the past few months, Minister Duncan, together with his colleagues in the McGuinty government, has provided considerable economic stimulus for the economy and he has prepared us for more difficult times ahead. Today, he will offer some further thoughts in this regard as the next provincial budget approaches. Please join me in welcoming back to our podium the Honorable Dwight Duncan. Thank you, uh, Helen, very much for that uh, kind introduction. It is a great pleasure for me to be here today with so many of you um, at what we, I think we all know is a very difficult time. One of the interesting things about being finance minister these days is people 
uh, often say to me, how are you doing? Everything okay? And they always do it with that tone of voice that suggests you've just had a horrible medical diagnosis or, or, or uh, contracted some plague. How are you? How are you doing? Are you sleeping? Sometimes. And you know, it's funny, Will Rogers once said that popularity is the easiest thing in the world to gain and the hardest thing to hold. And I think that will be especially true uh, for all of us in public life in the coming weeks and months because we will be faced with some difficult decisions. And I want to speak to you a little bit about those today. Joking aside, I, I consider myself very fortunate to have one of the most challenging and interesting jobs you could imagine. But frankly, the challenges that I face as finance minister pale in comparison to those of my friends and neighbors at home who have lost jobs through no fault of their own, who have seen their savings eroded through no fault of their own, who have seen what was a bright and promising future become less bright and less promising. These are the real challenges that affect the real people. All of us in this room, our businesses, our colleagues, our friends, our neighbors, we're all in this together. And Ontario, like the rest of the world, is facing this reality. And we are groping with that reality and grasping to find solutions, all of us, in our work, in our homes, in our savings, in all that we do. The International Monetary Fund says that the global economy is facing the, its worst crisis in 60 years. The perfect storm we are living today has been brewing for some time. I'll just tell you a, a brief story. I attended a Canadian finance minister's meeting last uh, spring. And as these things go, John, you would know this, the federal finance minister is at the center, the Quebec minister is to his or her immediate left, and the Ontario minister to his or her immediate right, and, and you're seated in accordance to the time frame that the province entered Confederation. Well, my friend Jim Flaherty decided to start with Quebec as we did our first part of the meetings, always going around the table and telling everybody how things are going in your province. And so I started listening to these ministers, and one by one, they were telling me about growth and budget surpluses and low unemployment, and I'm sitting there scratching my head thinking, this is not jiving with what we're feeling in Ontario. I'm really going to rain on their parade. And I did. In fact, as far back as 2006, I said in my budget that there were clouds on the horizon. We were then experiencing the significant downturn in our manufacturing and forestry sectors. We were seeing it already. We talked about clouds on the horizon then, and some of the factors have changed. And, of course, nobody predicted what happened last year. But we were already experiencing it. And all of those factors, in turn, have contributed to where we are today, not just here in Ontario, but around North America. I listened to Governor Granholm from Michigan the other day, 
400,000 manufacturing jobs lost in that state. A complete turn over the last four years. And now my finance colleagues and I met in December. And every province is now having to cope with these forces that are beyond their individual control. The order of magnitude and challenges vary, yet the bottom line remains the same. The economic and financial crisis reaches every part of Canada. It touches every community and it touches every family. Here in Ontario, because we were in this sooner, we've been preparing longer. We've been investing in the foundations of a strong economy since we came to office. Over the past five years, we have invested in a healthy, productive economy. Study after study has demonstrated the strong and positive impact of a universal health care and public education system on productivity and competitiveness. Healthy workers go to work every day. Investors look for jurisdictions with strong public health insurance. It's a crucial part of investment decisions. In education, we're helping our very youngest for the economy of the future. The cost-benefit is clear. Good early education has measurable long-term payoffs for the economy. Post-secondary education also creates opportunity and is an important contributor to that long-term growth. A well-educated workforce is more productive, earns more, and is more innovative. We shored up these fundamentals over the last five years to help Ontario compete both now and in the future. In 2007, our manufacturing and forestry sectors were struggling, and Ontario's overall economy was sluggish. This reality was emerging across North America and around the world. Our government needed to take immediate action at the time to respond to those prevailing conditions. That's when we launched our five-point economic plan to increase competitiveness. The five-point plan brought to life a number of stimulus measures which are now bearing fruit. This plan, the first of its kind in Canada, is now responding to the current downturn and has invested the equivalent of more than 1% of our gross domestic product this year. In 08-09, we invested 10 billion new dollars in infrastructure, creating more than 100,000 jobs, and 7.5 billion of that is construction that is now underway. We also supported innovation, and we cut business taxes. We put substantial resources into training and to retraining to help Ontarians prepare for the ever-changing global economy. We have also strengthened our partnerships across the board with our municipalities, with the federal government, with our Aboriginal peoples, and with our partners in key economic sectors. This is the foundation that we will build on in my upcoming budget. Over our first mandate, 
and the first year of our second mandate, we have balanced our budgets, paid down debt, and made historic investments in the foundations of the economy, health care and education. Over the past four years, the province of Ontario has witnessed unprecedented growth in revenues. Spending growth never exceeded revenue growth on our watch. The same cannot be said for our predecessors. We invested in Ontario while maintaining impressively low debt-to-GDP ratios. Since we balanced the budget three years ago, we've paid down debt by $3.2 billion and reduced hydro-stranded debt by $3.3 billion, all the while reducing our net debt to GDP. For three years now, we've presented balanced budgets, and we were in balance when the financial crisis hit last year. The global situation has changed everything for everyone. It is no longer business as usual. Governments around the world are wrestling with this economic challenge. Ontario's capacity to contend with this reality is limited by our relative size. We are a subnational government in a very, very big global economy. It took time and global factors, very significant global factors, to get here. And it will take time and cooperation among all governments to work our way out. As I mentioned earlier, we have been building opportunity and strengthening our economy for some time. Now that things are dramatically different, we will respond to the new reality. And I think all of us know there is no simple fix. Managing through today's challenges is not good enough. We must lead for the long term. We have to look what we can do right now to address the most pressing impact of the global crisis, job loss. At the same time, as a government, as a people, we have to look at how to make, Ontario, make sure Ontario is ready for the next generation of growth. And there will be a next generation of growth. Governments must create a climate for job creation and an environment for competitiveness. So that's what we will do. The McGuinty government strategy will lead this province through recovery and beyond. On March 26th, I will present the next budget. It will include a short-term stimulus package for job creation and a strategy for long-term competitiveness and growth. Our strategy will stimulate immediate economic activity and create still more jobs today. Leading experts are clear that economic stimulus can be helpful when it's strategic, targeted, and timely. But I think we all know that fiscal stimulus alone will not resolve a recession. Our strategy will be more comprehensive than that. Our strategy will be about getting Ontario ready for the future, a future where we continue to create jobs, 
where we capture that next generation of growth and are a world leader in the new economy. Specifics will come on budget day. If I told you today, I'd have to shred you. <laughs> you can expect continuing investments in infrastructure, in people, in ideas, and in the green economy. A recent Brookings Institute study points out that infrastructure development not only creates jobs, but also builds the job opportunities of tomorrow. We will continue to invest in skills and training. The dynamic nature of the global economy means our workers must be prepared for lifelong learning. Training is the best way to help people get better paying jobs in industries that are growing. Bill Gates recently pointed out that improving education is the key to leadership in business and innovative research. The government must constantly work on being more effective and more productive. We'll spend smarter and continue to practice prudent financial management. We must never hinder growth through cumbersome, unnecessary regulation. We will redouble our efforts on smart regulation, never sacrificing the broader public interest. And we will continue to encourage innovation. The green economy is very much a part of Ontario's long-term plan. Just two weeks ago, my colleague George Smitherman introduced the Green Energy Act. This initiative will make Ontario a world leader in renewable energy, all the while creating 50,000 jobs over the next two years. As a former energy minister, I can tell you, and I am convinced, that this is absolutely the right strategy to pursue. Innovation like this will set Ontario apart and give us that competitive edge we will need when we emerge from today's downturn. You know, I'm proud to say that the McGuinty government has been lowering business costs for some time. In our last budget, we provided tax relief in the form of a capital tax cut and retroactive elimination. We extended and accelerated capital cost allowances, and we accelerated the business education tax rate cut that we had set a number of years ago. And now, we're looking to do more. We are looking to do more to help Ontario businesses create jobs, as well as supporting the research and development that create long-term growth. Greater tax competitiveness makes it easier to do business, to grow, and to employ people. Ultimately, as I said, this year's budget will prepare us for the next generation of growth. It will build on the investments we have already made, and the budget will outline our plan for innovation and, co and competitiveness in the future. Ontarians can expect a budget that helps create jobs today while strengthening that competitive edge for tomorrow. Around the world and across Canada, governments are struggling to maintain services and help mitigate the impact of a global economic storm. Ontario is no different. As revenues have declined and as the global crisis has hit our businesses, governments around the world are falling into deficit. Last summer, Alberta expected an $8.5 billion surplus for this year, but just recently announced an anticipated $1.4 billion deficit this year alone. Last fall, 
the government of Canada was predicting years of surpluses, but by January acknowledged a deficit of $64 billion over the next two years. There have been many reports out lately speculating on the size of Ontario's deficit. There have been quite a few numbers flying around, almost all of them in double digits. We'll report our best estimates in the budget, but I can tell you now that the combined Ontario deficit over, the, over this year and next, over the next two years, will be around that $18 billion figure. In light of the size of our revenues and the proportion of our deficit to GDP, it will be in line with Canada and other comparable jurisdictions. Using these measures, it will be well below the U.S. and certainly lower than Ontario experienced in the early 1990s. A deficit is not something that we take lightly. It is, however, a necessity in these challenging times. When I present our numbers in a few weeks, I will present a plan and a timeline to move Ontario out of deficit. We have demonstrated over the past five years our commitment to fiscal responsibility and have a proven record of deficit reduction and deficit elimination. This experience and commitment will be more important in the coming months and years. Our budget will be about growth. Our budget will be about job preservation and creation now, as well as strengthening that competitiveness for tomorrow. Our budget will be about responding to today's challenges and leading Ontario to the next generation of growth. Our budget will be about competitive government and responsible fiscal management. Our government will lead Ontario through financial recovery and back to growth. As a people, as a province, we are going to come through this. It will require tough choices. It's going to require all of us working together, and it will take time. It will require governments working together at all levels and around the world to find the solutions. It will take hard work, and it will take a fundamental shift in how we compete here in Ontario and abroad. I'm confident that in a few years we'll be able to look back on this time and be glad that we made the right choices at the right time and we will be stronger for it. I'm confident because of what we've been able to do in the past. I am confident because of the skills and productivity of our workforce, the creativity of our business, and the entrepreneurial spirit that permeates this society. Ontario's economy will come through this bigger, better, and stronger. Our children will inherit a province with a higher standard of living, a compassionate approach to the vulnerable, and unbounded ability and opportunity to achieve all that they set their minds to. Join us as we work through this together. Thank you very much. I would like to thank Minister, Finance Minister Duncan for being with us today and also thank all of you.
uh, our members and guests for also joining us today. A former Prime Minister, John Turner, said when he ran for the leadership of his party in 1968 that now is not the time for mellow men. By that he meant that political leaders, particularly during times of great challenge, need to be people of action as well as thought. They need to be people who really care, who are really engaged with the challenges that face society. Certainly we know this about Minister Duncan. He cares, he is engaged, he's up for a challenge. He is not a mellow man. Ontario's economy and its people have never before faced the kind of challenges we are facing now. On behalf of this combined meeting of the Empire and Canadian Clubs, I would like to thank Minister Duncan for speaking with us about his plans to meet those challenges. Not to stand between you and your lunch too much longer, but I'd just like to mention two of our upcoming events at the Canadian Club. On March 10th, we will host Don Tapscott, author and chairman of eGenera Insight, as he discusses his new book, Growing Up Digital. And on March 30th, we welcome Heather Monroe Bloom, principal and vice chancellor of McGill University, to discuss how universities, governments, and industry are forging strategic partnerships to compete in a world of giants. This concludes our television programming, which will be broadcast on Rogers Television. And now I would like you to join us in a toast to Canada. Please stand. To Canada. Enjoy your lunch, everyone. <laughs>